Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, well, the Stanley Cup final is over. At least we got that series right, right, Sarah? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Cup final on today's Locked On SoCal Hockey, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going? It is Friday. It's the end of a week, thank God. And I am joined by Sarah Avampato. She might sound a little bit different than she did earlier in the week. But anyway, uh, you could hear both of our shows on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Odyssey, among others. Sarah, I'm not right next to you anymore. How do you feel? You know, a little, a little chilly, actually. A little chilly. It's cold here. Yeah. It, it, now yeah. it's cold there. Of course. And I leave and it's like 60 degrees. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it works. Oh, geez. Anyway, so we do have a final series to get to that we kind of watched, right? Yeah, we we, we, we tried and then we learned that jinxes aren't real, I guess. Or are they? Maybe. Maybe they are. Uh, let's talk about that Stanley Cup final because we're here. So, game one, this was all Tampa Bay Lightning. That first game was not even close. And that's when we were told not to watch any more of the game. Tampa Bay won this one 5-1. to one. It wasn't close. It was Eric Cernak who scored, Yanni Gord who scored again. The only Habs goal was Ben Chariot. But it was a Nikita Kucherov show. He scored two goals late. This wasn't close. 5-1. to one. Vasilevsky looked amazing, but Carey Price looked completely mortal in that first game. It, it wasn't close. Second game, not much better. Tampa Bay won that one 3-1. to Chirelli scored. Blake Coleman scored. Andre Palat scored. The only goal for Montreal was Nick Suzuki on the power play. But the thing that shocked me on those first two games, Montreal actually allowed a power play goal to Steven Stamkos. That was the first power play goal they'd given up in ages. We barely saw any of those first two games because we were told by Laura Saba from Locked On Canadians after that second game, just don't watch. Maybe it's a jinx. Maybe. From what we saw on those first two games, any thoughts? The lightning are just everywhere. Anytime you look at them, it feels like there's eight of them out there on the ice and you know only sometimes is that true if they happen to have a uh, too many men on the ice penalty they they give their opponents no room to maneuver to breathe to do anything out there on the ice uh i'm sure if you look at the fancy stats for this series montreal just has no success whatsoever at getting into the zone and that is all due to how dominant tampa was in controlling basically every aspect of the game Looking at the fancy stats, it wasn't close on either of those first two games. Uh, Puck control was all Tampa Bay. Shots were all Tampa Bay. Block shots, like pretty much every stat went to Tampa Bay in those first two games. It wasn't close. Um, So game three, how much do you want to peel the curtain, Sarah, on on game three? Because we didn't watch that one. Yeah, no, we can peel like a, a, we can peel a solid amount of curtain. I'll let you peel the curtain then. So what happened on Friday? We we elected to not watch the game because we were like, well, 
we've both seen parts of the other game and that sure didn't end well. And so out, out of deference to our locked on Canadians colleagues who were like, please stop watching the game. You're ruining it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we didn't watch it. And then we watched the end. We watched the third period and we all know how that game ended. So we were like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe they're not broken. Maybe. maybe. No, no. Yeah, so so we elected to just go elsewhere on Friday and not watch it. You know, we, we had fun on Friday, right? We did. We did. We actually met Canadians fans out in the wild. We uh, did. Who were also lamenting the end of that game. Uh, yeah, we're actually, yeah, no, we didn't watch the end of it because we were on the train watching the other Canadians fans be annoyed at how the game ended. Yeah, we were we were on the L train and we saw a couple of people, one of them wearing a Canadian sweater and they were lamenting at the time we were on the L, it was 4 to 2 Tampa and then it was 5 to 2 and then we're like, well, this one's done. So they just stopped checking the score after that. Uh, it ended up being 60. We did eventually watch the highlights from that game which wasn't much better. Victor Hedman scored a power play goal for Tampa Bay. This was their second power play goal in that series. So it didn't look good. We thought it might be a sweep. So we actually elected to watch game four because, hey, this might actually be the last game of the series. It could be the last game in NBC's history. A lot of could-haves there, huh? Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of different scenarios that could have played out. Yeah. Yeah, so after just having a night just out in downtown Chicago, like just downtown, we just want to do our own thing. And then game four, like, whatever. So we chose that day to watch game four. And we'll talk about it. I will uh, shed some more light on our viewing habits for this year's Stanley Cup final coming up right after this. Welcome back to Locked On SoCal Hockey, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and Sarah Avampado from Locked On LA Kings and Locked On NHL. How's it going? It, uh, you know, hockey's done, so I'm ready to go back in my cave and hibernate. Well, don't hide in there too long because we have the expansion draft. Oh, we also have a correction to make from earlier in the week. You're like, uh-oh, we have a correction? Uh, yeah, we kind of do. Monday, remember you busted out your jersey collection? Indeed. And we talked about jerseys and all that stuff and how cool it would be to get the Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup jersey for this year. And we said that this was the first year that they had those patches on their jersey. Which was really cool. Um, it, it said, Finale de la Coupe Stanley. Thinking that it was going to be the first time. Well, here's a little bit of a history lesson. So the first time that Stanley Cup Finals patches went on jerseys was 1989 between the Flames and the Canadians. But there was no French variant. But here's where my mistake went. <laughs> 1993, it turns out that the Canadians did have a French version on their jersey. The reason being because it was the Stanley Cup Centennial and on the Kings jersey, which is why I recall this because I remember the Kings jersey. It says 
Stanley Cup Centennial Championship, and it says Wales Conference Campbell Conference. But Sarah, did you know that the French version it says Coupe Stanley Championnat, and it says Centenaire on the bottom of it? That is very French. Yeah, on the sides it says Conference Campbell and Conference de Galles, which I'm guessing means Wales Conference, I guess, in French. So. There you go, our our little French lesson. I think we need to have Laura Saba back to properly pronounce that because, you know, you took French in school. I took French in school, but our French isn't as good as Laura's, is it? Big no on that one. G-A-L-L-E-S. How would you pronounce that in French? Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, No, God. No, no it's, it's don't not, embarrass me on my own podcast. It's not, Char- it's not Charles de Gaulle. No, I, I think it's de Gaulle or de Gaz. I, I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah, there goes our French. So if you have a proper pronunciation, please let us know on Twitter, you know, how horrible our French is. But, hey, we're trying. That's the point. We're trying, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. So there's our correction from Monday's show. Okay, back to game four, which took place that very Monday night. And it was a little bit better for the Canadians. It was close throughout, but there was a lot of penalties on this game. There was a lot of rough stuff going on. It looked like it was going to get a little bit bloody later on. Uh, You saw game four. What was your takeaway of just that entire game in general? You know, it, it was it was good to see the Canadians come out with some fight uh, because usually when a series gets like this, there's there's only two ways the team that's down responds. Either they basically kind of roll over and die or they actually put together a really strong effort, which is great, except for then it gives people hope and then the hope is usually crushed in the next game. But I, I think it, it was good to see some energy from them. It was good to see Montreal actually finally dominate for at least a little while, I guess, in terms of shots taken. An overall pretty exciting game. And I still think, even though the game had the correct outcome, that Shea Weber is still probably, like, replaying uh, the penalty that he took (laughs) in the, like, final minute or whatever of regulation and just replaying that over and over and over in his mind. Yeah, that that was kind of a wacky game. Uh, By the way, it was 2-1 to in the third. And guess who scored the game-tying goal with a few minutes left in the third period? I think your cat knows this, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd get him to to voice his opinion on the show, but he uh, is going on strike. But I believe that you're referring to Patrick Maroon. Yeah. I will will give this to the audience. So (laughs) I I said that when Tampa... Because at the time it was 2-0. I said watch Tampa win. And then I said, if Tampa wins this series in a sweep or like if they win it, then her cat's name would become Spatrick Maroon. The additional, the the additional context that I think people need is that my cat's actual name is Spats. Like the little things that go over your feet. If you're a very dapper person. Um, So Spatrick Maroon was a pretty natural uh, extrapolation from his name. But yeah, I don't think you, you made any friends with that. No, I certainly did not. And Shea Weber didn't make any friends. Um, Do you remember what I said going into overtime? Uh, So going into overtime, you were pretty confident that if the Canadians killed off that penalty, 
that they were going to win the game. And I pretty much thought you were out of your mind. I think your exact words were you're full of you know what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but you, you thought I was dead wrong. You were yeah. very you were very confident that Tampa was going to score in the power play and Shea Weber was going to look sad. That's what you thought would happen. I mean, my my guess was that, you know, the thing that usually happens on an extended uh, penalty kill for a team is that, and, you know, the opposing team maintains possession even after uh, the penalty time is up. Guy comes back on the ice. Team tries to reset, gets scored on immediately, game over. Uh, so that was sort of what I had envisioned happening. Yeah, but that didn't happen. Uh, despite being outshot in that overtime and Tampa Bay having much of the puck control in that overtime on the four-minute power play, uh, nothing just went through. Carey Price stood on his head for those remaining three and a half minutes in the power play in overtime. And shortly after the power play ended, there was someone that came to the rescue and that someone is Josh Anderson, who scored his second goal of the game. He fell down on his back, celebrated. Everybody's happy. Everybody's cheering in Montreal. Final score, 3-2. to two. Woo! Thoughts? You know, it was a fitting end to a weird game. Josh Anderson scoring a really stupid goal was kind of, if I had to pick how Montreal would score, like, that was kind of it. There, it, there wasn't going to be, like, a highlight, real fancy skill goal. Uh, no, it was going to be an ugly, hard-working goal, which is how the Canadians have played uh, the whole postseason. So, good ending. I loved how excited the crowd was. I loved how excited the Canadians players were. And, you know, I th I've said this before. Like, sweeps usually make me sad. I don't really like seeing teams get swept. Uh, so, it was good to see Montreal at least get that one win, especially at home in front of their own fans. There was one player that wasn't happy about all the fans celebrating. We'll get to that. Uh, game five, this was just a rough and tumble game. It was very close throughout. Ross Colton, the rookie, got the opening goal in the second period from David Savard and Ryan McDonough. And that would end up holding the score. I mean, it was... What, what more can I say about that game? It was just a one nothing, grinded out goalies on their heads i didn't know what to what more to make out of game five just it was it was that close wasn't it yeah it was it was super even both goalies were just you know outstanding uh ultimately i think carrie price got one third place nod for the uh con smith award which was a nice at least hey i saw you there's only so much he can do and he can't score a goal so if his team can't score goals, well, here we are. Uh, but, you know, phenomenal performances from both of those guys. Uh, Vasilevsky is someone who I have had my concerns about in the past as to, like, whether or not he's overrated. Um, and there certainly still is an argument of that when you kind of look at the quality of shots he faces versus the quality of shots. Another goaltender on a team that maybe isn't quite as good at protecting the puck uh, that, that Tampa is, but regardless, uh, he made some amazing saves to keep uh, to keep that game in Tampa's favor. So it was, you know, obviously not the ending that the Canadians bandwagon folks had wanted to have, but that you know they were just so happy. They, the the Lightning were just so happy when they did the thing. And you know what? Credit to the fans that stuck around as long as they did to watch the end of this, to watch everything happen. 
the celebration as soon as the clock went zero you could tell that Vasilevsky was happy you could tell that everyone on that Tampa Bay team was just I mean some of them were in tears you could tell this meant a lot to some of those guys uh, we will definitely talk about those guys and talk about just the players and everything that happened afterwards after the break but you know we've got to talk about Built Bar which is the best tasting yes. protein bar in the land Yes. And today, today's the last day to buy your Grasshopper Cookie Built Bars, right? Yes, you have. You go get on that right now as soon as this podcast is done. Yeah, as soon as... Okay. Yeah, wait till the podcast is done. We'll be about... We'll be eight, ten minutes, I promise. So after this podcast is done, go to Built.com. Check out the Grasshopper Cookie Built Bar. You on there? All right. Now order a box. Go ahead and do that right now. So you see the Grasshopper order a box good now on that part where it says promo code use promo code locked 15 that's l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 you you see the discount there yeah yeah there's a discount there so once you use that promo code locked 15 you get 15 percent off your next order and you'll get some built bars in your hands fairly soon that is built bar the best tasting protein bar in the land that tastes like a candy bar oh yeah so good. All right. Uh, while everyone is off getting their built bars, we're going to talk about the aftermath of the Lightning winning back to back titles. So we'll get to that on the other side. Welcome back to the best tasting podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On SoCal Hockey. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez. That's Sarah Avampado. Yo. <laughs> Is that all you have to say at, at this point? I mean, we've done so many of these. Yeah, I, I, I'm good. I'm good over here. All good in the hood? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we have a little bit more to talk about. We just went over the fact that the Lightning are the back-to-back cup champions. Uh, the first time that they we've had back-to-back champions since, I think you know what this one is, 2016 and 2017. Hmm, hey, Sarah, who won back-to-back cups in 16 and 17? Uh, that would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hmm, how about that? This is not the first time Pittsburgh's done this. In fact, Pittsburgh was one of the previous teams to do this, yes? Indeed, they were. Yeah, 91-92. In between that, the Detroit Red Wings, 97-98. Yeah, not often you see back-to-back championships. I kind of thought it would be a while. After Pittsburgh won back-to-back, I thought it would be a while before we'd see it again. I didn't Mm -hmm. think it would just happen a few years later. Yeah, no, same. So, quickly in like maybe 20 seconds, do you think this is the start of a dynasty? It depends how you define dynasty. But, you know, I think that Tampa has been very dominant even you know in the years leading up to the first cup run uh they have won a ridiculous number of playoff series and they are probably going to be able to return mostly the same team next season so we could see ugh, a free peat gross oh boy and as i mentioned on my podcast on tuesday pat maroon does become the first player in the cap era to win three consecutive Stanley Cups and the first time in a long time since the 60s that a player has won three consecutive Stanley Cups on two different teams. 
Yeah, that's kind of a strange sad, isn't it? Yeah, that's, I mean, I I love the, the fact that there is a stat for everything, but, you know, you, you, good job, Patrick Maroon, I guess. Yeah, cool. good job, Pat Maroon. I do love in the team photo that everyone else has two fingers up, and Pat Maroon has three fingers up. A <laughs> little bit of a sly thing there. So Pat Maroon was pretty funny after the game. You know who else was very funny after the game? I know you want to talk about this. <laughs> Yep, let's dive in. All right, go for it. Uh, so everyone's favorite large opinionated Russian not named Alexander Ovechkin uh, got maybe a little drunk a little quickly and did his final press conference, you know, double fisting beers basically and sans shirt. Uh, so Nikita Kucherov gave some pretty gold sound bites uh, when, when asked some questions after the game, uh, including a pretty impassioned defense of Andre Vasilevsky, who did not win the Vezina this year. And uh, as Kucherov put it, like that guy over in Vegas uh, won it instead. Uh, so he, he was not pleased with that pick. And uh, the, the, the uh, hot take from Kucherov, because now we've got hockey players issuing their own hot takes, uh, was about the Montreal fan base and basically was saying, you know, when they won that game, they were celebrating like they won the Stanley Cup in that in, in the uh, overtime game that they won. And he made the remark of yeah. uh, you know, Montreal's cup final was the previous series, basically yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, a little bit I'll, of a dig. I'll quote yeah. him here. Uh, the quote is the fans in Montreal acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? Their final was last round. <laughs> I mean, he says what he thinks. Is, is, Good for him. So he didn't like the fact that Montreal fans were kind of going a little bit crazy after that game four victory. I mean, too bad. <laughs> like, it's, uh, you know, obviously this has been kind of dominating the talk of, you know, hockey media and everything. And, like, A, he, he is entitled to his opinion. Uh, he, he is allowed to think that. he Hockey is, like, 75% chirping half the time anyway. Um and we all know that Montreal fans uh, may be a little sensitive sometimes, maybe, you know, uh, uh, reacting a little strongly to his words uh, about them. But, you know, when we talk about hockey players, one of the things we always talk about is how they all give the same bland, boring interview response to just about any question you could ask them in any scenario. Got to get pucks in and deep. Yeah, yeah, pucks in deep, go hard to the net, uh, you know, just all that stuff. And Nikita Kucherov shows up half drunk, shirtless, and gives us some wild quotes, and suddenly everyone's mad. And they're the same people who are also mad about how boring hockey players are. So I'm like, well, you can't have it both ways. Like, if, if you want them to be interesting, this is what you get. This is Sometimes you're going to get a guy who says something that you maybe don't agree with or you think is harsh or whatever, but... I would rather have 10 Nikita Kucherov interviews than, you know, 10 interviews with guys who are just 35 seconds of pucks and deep cliches. Yep. I mean, but I will ask this. Where's the lie? Was there any lies right. in all of that? No. No. You know, no. Where, you know where he's correct? Vasi not winning the Vesna? Are you kidding? <laughs> or as he said, number one bull... 
<laughs> you, you know. what? That's going to be on a t-shirt and you know it. Number one BS. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All over Tampa. I would expect our locked on lightning host, Adam Denker, to either have that shirt or to make that shirt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, I'd rather see a bunch of Nikita Kucherov as well. I'm with you on that one. I don't want to hear, well, we, we try to get pucks in deep, try to play hard to the net. You know, all the old cliches. Got to play 200 feet of hockey. Got to play for all 60 minutes. Or, Sarah, I'll, I'll let you be the typical hockey player. <clears throat> Let's try this. <clears throat> question, question for Sarah Avampado from Locked On Ducks. Hi, Sarah. This is Jason from Locked On Ducks. Uh, so, how did, what were your feelings on that last game? Uh, what what was working for you guys? You know, all the boys really just tried real hard to, to, to put this one away, and we knew that we didn't want to go back for another game, and uh, every man on that team just uh, gave, gave, it, gave it everything he had every single shift and uh, just went out there and just played all their hearts out to uh, to, to get that win. And we, we knew we didn't want to go back to, to Montreal, and uh, you know, good good job for all the boys on that one. Uh, what do you think about Vasilevsky's performance? Oh, just you know, he he he's the backbone of this team. Uh, w- without him, you know, we we wouldn't be here. Uh, so just just love that guy. Love that guy. Everything he brings to this game, and uh, you know, if, if if other people don't think that he is he's great, well, they need to watch more of our games because you know, he he's he's what makes this team go. Uh, what do you think about the strategy of? you know, getting the pucks in like right into the offensive zone and trying to get them right around the dirty areas. What was your take on that? Well, we have a lot of success success whenever we go hard to the net and get that puck uh, up there. You know, if you take away Carey Price's eyes, he can't stop what he can't see. So uh, we did a really good job at clogging up that area and really keeping the puck away from uh, anyone in Montreal who could do anything with it and just just really really pucks in deep and just had to go when we, when we lost something just go into the corner and hound after it and and just you know just just take the puck to the net and good things happen thank you for your time yeah you betcha <laughs> now folks would you rather have a million of those interviews or a few more nikita kudrov interviews sarah you know the answer to this Give me all the Nikita Kucherov interviews. <laughs> it's it's funny because it's true. <laughs> oh, we have one more thing that we got to cover here. Uh, we had talked about this previously, about who could possibly be the next one to lift the cup. And I know we both had some thoughts on this one. Uh, did you expect Victor Hedman to be the second one to get the cup? Not Not really. I mean, sure. He like. I mean, I know one of my suggestions was, you know, basically whoever the best player was in the series. But you know, Victor Hedman's just always good. I don't know that he stood out as any better than usual in this series. Uh, but can't complain. He's a phenomenal player, but not necessarily who I thought would get it. Now there was a player third that did get it. That I did mention, if you want to, <laughs> I don't think you want to yeah, expound so, on so, that. So we had brought up the traditional old guy without a cup list of who has been around for a long time, who hasn't won it yet. And 
the the problem with Tampa is that they brought back basically their whole team from last season. Very few new additions. Uh, so most of the guys on that team have won already. Uh, but they did add David Savard from the um, Columbus Blue Jackets at the trade deadline, uh, who has been around the league for a while, believe it or not. Uh, he's, I believe, 30, he's 30 years yeah. old. So, you know, unbelievable. I, I feel like he just started. Uh, but, you know, that that's hockey for you, I guess. Uh, so you had brought him up as a potential uh, old guy without a cup to to get to be one of the early ones to lift it. So uh, you you were kind of right in that he was third to to lift the cup and uh, very excited to do so. Oh, he he was one of the players that was super pumped. Uh, there was someone else that you mentioned who looked like he was bawling, like he was in tears when the whole thing was over. I forget who it was. If you could remind me who that was. Yeah, I was really surprised by, I mean, like, okay, listen, A, it's a good thing that, like, I, I'm, I'm not, like, dinging men for showing emotion. I think that it is great that, like, they all cried and everything. But I was very surprised at how emotional Ryan McDonough was, uh, especially considering, you know, he's won before. Uh, if he hadn't won before, I would have been like, oh, like, you know, he's just overwhelmed by the fact that he finally won one after such a long career. Uh, and then, uh, then, and then I was like, oh, maybe he, maybe this is his last season or something. And, you know, he knows it and no one else knows it. And then, then I looked him up on cap friendly and his contract goes forever. So, you know, he was just very overwhelmed by, by winning again, uh, which, you know, I, I respect, I respect seeing that, but I was just like, why are you having so many feelings, Ryan McDonough? You, you won this already. Yeah. I, I honestly would love to hear like why he was just that much emotional after winning the cup. Cause I was a little bit surprised too, to be honest with you. Like I know he had been there before with the Rangers when they lost to your LA Kings in 2014, but he's won it before in 2020. Maybe it was the being around the fans. I mean, I, I could only guess what's going through his mind in particular when they won the whole thing. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it, it is good to remember that, yeah, last year they won it in a bubble in front of no fans. I feel like most of their families, if not all of their families couldn't be there with them. Uh, so for, for these guys getting to celebrate, you know, on home ice in front of all their fans, all their friends and family and their wives and their parents and whatever are all there to, to support them. And they, they actually finally get the Stanley cup winning moment that they didn't actually get last season uh, because of playing in the bubble and everything. So you could definitely see why this win could be more emotional, especially considering between last season and this season, everything that everyone had to go through, you know, all the COVID testing and how they basically had to isolate themselves and just what a challenge the season was for them. Uh, you, you've heard players talk about how hard it was psychologically to be playing in, in you know, you can't go visit your family. You can't do this. You can't do that. You, you're just limited to, you know, going to your house and going to the rink. And that's basically it. And, you know, we, we we as a society saw how we all got a little messed up by the fact that we didn't get to leave our houses or anything. Uh, and all because they're millionaires doesn't make that any different. Um, you know, it, it's hard on everybody. So I, I could see why, you know, in thinking about it a little more, uh, why this could have been more emotional for some of these players, just given everything that they had to go through to get there. You know, you, you hit a chord with me right now. So if you don't mind, I'm going to get very personal here. Yeah. With your permission. 
Of course. I worked a ton of games, you know, not just hockey, but I worked a ton of games during the past six months where I had to get tested, where I had to, you know, get a swab up my nose multiple times before entering an arena. And, you know, it even that does something to you psychologically. So it's not just the players, but it's the workers as well. Like, it does something to you. And once I finally got vaccinated, I was finally able to go out and, you know, see some games in an area that is not Southern California. And if you don't mind getting personal, like, I was thrilled to be able to watch games with you. Like, I was so, like, just, like, it, it felt really awesome to be able to cover games with you and to be able to just be in that environment again. And hanging out with you and Robbie from Locked on Coyotes. Like, it was just so great seeing you guys and having that camaraderie. So when you said that, like, some some people, like, they haven't seen each other in a long time, this extends to my Locked on colleagues as well. Like, Mm -hmm. it, it was just really great to see both of you. And, you know, you and I, like, we've known each other for a long time. We act, we have hung out before. Like, you know, like the, the listeners know, like, we, like we're friends. Like, let, let's, let's just put this out there. Like the listeners mm-hmm. know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just getting to hang out with you again meant a lot. I just thought, yeah. Okay. Hmm. I'll let you yeah. talk now. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, you know, I, I definitely, you know, when I got vaccinated and was like, I can get on an airplane again and I can go see people and I can hang out and I can watch live hockey and, you know, just that feeling of relief that goes through you of knowing that, you know, no, the world is not back to normal, but you can at least get a little bit of reclaim a little bit of something that we had all lost over the past year and a half. Um, and yeah, like I, I thought it was great that the first thing I did post, you know, two weeks post shot number two was hop on a plane, head to Tucson uh, to meet up with you and uh, Robin from the Coyote Show and watch some hockey. And I could think of no better way, like for me to have reintroduced myself to the world uh, than by doing that. And yeah, I I think that if it was, you know, that hard and that significant for, for us to, you know, have that moment of, you know, being together and getting to experience stuff live in person with other with other people who are also pumped about being there. I, you know, I, I just imagine winning the Stanley Cup. Like, I was super excited to get on an airplane and fly like, you know, southwest on the cheapest flight I could get. Uh, you know, these guys are living the dream of winning the Stanley Cup. Like, of course, they're going to be emotional after all that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much more personal I could get here, but it's only a half hour or more than a half hour now. <laughs> but I, I I think you I think you know how I feel about that. So I think we should end the show now before I get a little bit um, emotional here. Mushy. I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We should probably end it. Huh? Like, yeah, there's a quote of how many feelings anyone can have on a podcast. Yeah, let, let, let's 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 leave let's leave let's, let, let's um let's leave that for the um, yeah. listeners to guess. Anyway, uh, <laughs> have I said too much? Where can the fine folks find you on the socials? Where can they find your show? Where can they find all your work and all that jazz? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at right said Sarah. That's W R I T E said Sarah with an H. Locked on Kings is on Twitter at locked on LA Kings. Uh, if you're interested in general NHL news, uh, I am 
hosting Mondays and Wednesdays of Locked on NHL, which is available on Twitter at Locked on NHL Pods. Uh, give give us a follow there so you can keep up with all the cool stuff happening across the network. Uh, of course, all of those podcasts are available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and hopefully I'm going to be gearing up to do some draft coverage, uh, both on the podcast and uh on the newsletter that I uh, occasionally write for called Line to the Throne, uh, where, as I have said before, my favorite thing about the draft is looking to see which of the new draftees have dogs. So that is the <laughs> groundbreaking uh, coverage that you will get from me uh, in terms of the uh, Los Angeles Kings coming up pretty soon. And you can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD, which has some baseball content now because hockey season's over. Yeah, And also you can find the Ducks podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. Uh, let's see, it's the end of the week. So, you know, email me if you want at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Uh, I will not be having a show on Monday. I'll be taking a break on Monday, just, just a one-day break, you know, just to kind of recharge a little bit, you know. Just relax for a day because once next week really gets rolling, all the rumors are going to start. Everything is going to get crazy. Then after that, oh boy, mm. it's going to get crazy soon, isn't it? We're going to get into silly season again. Oh, it's not going to be silly season. It's going to be like expansion silly stuff. Week. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be nuts. So be sure to stay tuned into both of our podcasts for all the stuff. Um, there's not much more to say this week, except I'll get personal again, but I miss hanging out with you and, <laughs> you know, we'll get to watch hockey again soon. Cause before we know Heck it, yes. before we know it, the season's going to start once again. Yeah. I'm excited to watch Trevor Zegers score like 14 goals on, on my Ontario reign. That'll be real cool. Well, he's going to play for Anaheim. So he won't oh, be good. scoring. So he'll get to score on the Kings a lot. Awesome. Sweet. You're not looking Can't forward wait. to it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Love it. All right, so thanks once again to, and thanks to the listeners. I don't say this every day, but I try to say this as often as possible, and I think we both should say this, but thanks to all the listeners. Thank you guys for sticking around through this entire season. It is the end of the season, so I just want to thank you all for sticking around, whether on the Spotify green room or through our emails or through online. You know, neither of our teams have played for two months it's been two Ugh. months now since either of our teams have played. And you guys have stuck with us through thick and thin. So I just personally want to extend my thanks to all of you that have listened, that have commented, that have come in the green room. Like, you guys are all awesome. And you guys help keep this show going. So to those of you fans, and some of you in particular, you know who you are. Thank you so much. Sarah, if you want to say a quick word before before we end. All of you are awesome. Thanks for listening. You're all cool. <laughs> on, <Okay>, behalf, <laughs> on behalf of Sarah on myself, for Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying please uh, be kind to one another and ducks and kings fly together. Fly together.